The PSA, Condon, and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Went back behind the plate. Meyer gives chase and able to make the diving grab. What a play by Nick Meyer. Overran it maybe just for a moment, but was able to leave his feet sky back and make the play. There's our play of the day brought to you by CISN TV for all your live local high school sports on the video stream. CISN TV. Trent Condon on the call with that. I heard that. What'd you think there? And, uh, the Meyer kid that made the catch for Valley on Wednesday night. Yeah. It's one of my good friends' son. That what's, was what's his name? Nick? Nick Meyer. Is he a realtor? Nope. That's a different Meyer. Different Meyer, yeah. Okay. His grandpa, Gene Meyer, the mayor of West Des Moines oh, for years. Oh, that's where I've yes. heard that name. Yeah. yeah. Gene Meyer. And uh, thanks to CISN, you can catch those games. Got a little more coming on this evening on the softball side. Uh, check that baseball tonight up at Ankeny Centennial Urbandale. And then CISN next week, we'll have the Girls State Soccer Tournament from County. So uh, that's all going on. CISN TV is where you can find it on their website or just search on YouTube, CISN, the Central Iowa Sports Network. When's your next game? Uh, Monday when I get back. So you will be solo on Monday. Mm-hmm. And I will be back, I don't know, early afternoon from Kansas City. So be back and I believe Urbandale on tap for the first time. And uh, get to see the Jayhawks who. Saw them uh, on the road in week one against Ankeny. Get to see them over at the home ballpark as long as Dr. Watson gives me the thumbs up. Yeah, so that'll be 7 o'clock? Yes, 7 o'clock first pitch. Uh, Michael Swain joins us. Michael, thank you for being patient. 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. Busy time for you, Michael. Your vacation's over, and uh, you hit the ground running as Iowa State has been very busy. They've, I've seen a lot of pictures, a lot of uh, campers uh, camping going on as recruiting gets back to normal. Michael Swain, how are you? Good to speak with you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. It's a uh, definitely an exciting time to finally have visits back. I know I'm really anxious to get to hear about how kind of visits go this weekend and then get another camp in early next week. So uh, I guess what are your uh, couple of your bigger takeaways from, uh, from uh, the proceedings from earlier in the week? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing for me is probably the offer that for J.J. Cole, mm-hmm. um, the quarterback out of Ankeny, he's really impressed me, I think, during the camp. Just overall, I think his athleticism really showed through. He has a really strong arm as well. He's one that Iowa State has kind of had their eye on for a while now. Um, but they finally pulled the trigger on an offer. They are the first program to offer him. And now mm. J.J. is kind of in the midst of a really busy camp schedule where he's going to uh, – he was at Alabama on June 2nd, was at Missouri, and then is going to be at a Lindenwood big mega camp today. He'll be at Penn State, I believe, tomorrow, and then Iowa on Saturday or Sunday, I want to say. So he's someone that's got a real busy schedule, but his recruitment's just starting to take off. He was a big one. And then Cale Krogh was another offensive lineman in the class of 2022 that we got to see on Tuesday. I thought he was really impressive. Um, we'll have to see kind of what happens with an offer if that does end up coming. He is still waiting on his offer from Iowa State, and he doesn't have one from Iowa either. But I thought he was really impressive in general. Um, and then just other kind of quick hitters, Dominic Wiseman, I thought, from Davenport, really impressive, really fast guy. Matt Campbell had him do three reps of a specific drill right in front of him, which was pretty notable. But I thought it was a really good two days of camps and really got to learn a lot about some of these guys. Mike, I'm not sure that uh, there is this statistic is kept, but I just wonder if there's the percentage of, of kids who commit to their first offer. Whoever gives them that first offer, you were first, you showed the most interest in me, the earliest interest in, therefore, 
uh, despite the fact that all these people came later. I'm, I'm loyal to you. I wonder what that percentage would be of kids committing to the school that was the first to offer them. Yeah, I'm not sure about maybe necessarily the first offer, but I do know that getting in early on guys really does help. And that's really what's allowed Iowa State to have some success with a lot of these guys. I mean, you can specifically look at this upcoming 2022 class. You know, Trayvon Howard out of Minnesota, who now plays for IMG Academy, he's a borderline four-star guy. Iowa State was his first offer, one of his first offers, and they've been building a relationship for almost two years now. You look at Dalen Hazard, an offensive tackle who will visit this weekend. Iowa State was his first offer. They're in the mix for him as well. So I think being in early on the guys has allowed Iowa State to have a lot of success and building that relationship and really getting to know these guys and what they're like off the field as well. Um, now, in terms of like the first offer, I think you can think of someone like J.J. Cole. I think that will have an impact. Of course, J.J. Cole's dad did play for Iowa State right. back in the day. He was a kicker, so I think that will have an impact. But in terms of the specific numbers, not really sure what the overall percentage would be of guys that commit to their first offer, but I do know that getting in early on some of these guys is really important. With that, J.J. Cole getting the offer, you saw him throw. Actually, before we get into that, I was watching your videos. I was incredibly jealous as you being at the camp. And the question was, how'd you get in there? Is this something where is an offer that, hey, we're going to let you know you do recruiting, come in there? Or is it something different? I saw you were there. I saw Matthew Bain with the register were there, who also does a lot of recruiting. How'd that come about? Yeah, so they, uh, Iowa State opened it up to the public. So us being members of the media, considered the public, we were able to kind of go and watch. I know there were some people there that didn't necessarily have kids or have any relationship to people there, but just kind of want to come out and, and watch it. Um, and I think that if anyone was going to go out and watch, I would say definitely try and make it to June 8th. It sounds like that's going to be a, uh, another big camp day where they got a lot of high-level guys going to be there. That's really cool. So, J.J. Cole, a little bit deeper on him. I saw him at the high school level at Ankeny Centennial. He has since transferred to Ankeny High. I think it'll be a better fit for what he is offensively. But your takeaway just watching him throw – Problem is never the arm. He's got the arm, there's no doubt. He's got the size. I think athleticism maybe is the question. What was your takeaway just him as a quarterback? Yeah, so and it's interesting you mentioned the athleticism aspect of it because I made sure that when they were running the 40s that I went to go and figure out which lane J.J. Cole was running in. And, it, you know, obviously they're running the 40s on grass. Um, they did it all on grass, and it's a hand-time 40. But I clocked him at around like a 4.97, so a sub-540, which would be pretty good for him mm-hmm. being a six foot six quarterback, right? So I think that that was a big thing. But also the Iowa State staff complimented J.J. Cole on his ability to throw on the run and how mobile he appeared to be during some of the drills that they did. Now, he didn't do all the agility drills that some of the other prospects did. That was kind of an agreement he had where he's going to try and stay fresh for the busy week that he does have. Um, but I was actually really impressed and pleasantly surprised by his overall athleticism. Would you, um, and we, we, he's got to take a bunch more visits. You just mentioned where he's going to be. He's going to be seeing a lot of the country, and good for him, and why wouldn't he? Uh, would at, at this point, would you be surprised uh, if he's not a cyclone? Um, Man, it's so early to say, but I think the early indication, getting to talk to him a little bit, was that he was an Iowa State fan growing up, and I think it was a big deal for Iowa State to be that first program, so... I think they will definitely be a player, if you quote-unquote, for the rest of his recruitment. But I think it might be a little too early to say if he's mm-hmm. going to specifically be a cyclone down the road. But I do think Iowa State has done well to offer him early. Uh, 22 and 23, as you look at uh, what uh, what they're looking for, I guess what would their biggest need be? Uh, there's going to be a ton of, ton of roster turnover after this year, as we know, with all those super seniors. What are they focusing on? What's the football? What position uh, group is the uh, are the are the uh, is Campbell and his staff looking for? Yeah, I think they really did a really good job early on in the cycle of taking care of one of the big priorities. 
you think about the linebacking core Iowa State has right now, Mike Rose, Orion Vance, and Jay Cummel. I mean, there's a chance that all three of those guys might move on after this season. So they did really well to get their three linebacker commits, Will McLaughlin, Jacob Emming, Carson Willich on board. I think one of the big things that stood out to me on the offensive side of the football has been the speed that Iowa State is going after. Um, I look at someone like Kieran Adams out of Arizona. He plays alongside Eli Sanders, who will be reporting to campus pretty soon. He's got elite speed. Xavier Townsend is a running back out of Florida who has elite speed. You can look at Caleb Johnson, a running back who I have a kind of our crystal ball pick. I think he could end up being a, an Iowa State Cyclone. He's someone that has really good speed, being a six foot one running back. I think speed is the big thing that's really stood out to me on the offensive side of the football. Um, but in terms of priorities right now, it does seem like wide receiver is one of them. And offensive line is taking a little bit of time to maybe come together, which is why I think some of the camps are important for that. So I got a question for you here and kind of going a little deeper inside the weeds. Iowa State obviously went to a Fiesta Bowl last year. They're swimming in water with preseason top 10 expectations. On the recruiting trail, they normally haven't. Matt Campbell's built this program with the tryhard guys. Yeah, there's been a couple of high, highly ranked guys, but for the most part, it's been that next tier. When you start to grow the tiers, you get into different types of guys that you're going after. Has there been any talk or, or have you heard anything maybe inside recruiting circles about any change in the philosophy, what Iowa State's looking for, what caliber of player maybe they're targeting now at this point? Yeah, I, I think they're really trying to stay within themselves and trying to find, like you mentioned, the blue-collar guys that are really big into kind of the work ethic thing. I think someone that they're going after, his name is Mario Eugenio. He's a defensive end out of Florida. His recruitment's blown up this spring. Mm. He's got over 30 offers, but he's going to take an official visit to Iowa State next weekend, June 11th through 13th. I think he's a really good example of the type of four stars that Iowa State is going after. Um, he's someone that I think has a really good work ethic. He's always in the gym. He's consistently posting pictures on Twitter of him working out in the gym, really being active. So I think it's those type of four stars that they're going to continue to try to go after. The guys that fit the culture, that fit the work ethic, they're not going to necessarily take a ton of risks, if you will, um, trying to you know swing for the fences. Uh, how involved is Campbell at these camps? Oh, very involved. I was actually pleasantly surprised by that, actually. Um, he was very active working with some of the kids, and he seemed to know a good amount of their names and was calling them out by their names and saying, hey, good job, hey, let's work on this. Um, he picked up a couple offensive linemen and pulled them to the side and gave them some pointers. Um, that was a really big thing I was really surprised by, just because at some of the other camps I've been at, my previous school, um, the head coach maybe wasn't as active. Speaking of your previous school, Kansas, the Jayhawks have a new coach, Lance Leopold. Is it going to work? Is this a guy that, as an alum, you get excited about, or is it just, it's Kansas football, wait till basketball season? You know, I think if I've learned one thing in my time covering Kansas, and at least kind of being a fan from afar growing up, is that I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I do think he is the right type of person um, to lead the program. It seems like he's very culture-driven, um, someone that is really big on developing players. And at Kansas, you're not going to be able to swing for the fences for all these four and five stars. You're going to have to develop guys. And so maybe... Down the road, I think he'll be the right guy. But I think heading into this year, I think it's going to be another one of those years where it's tough to get a bunch of wins. Hmm. Uh, anything going on basketball-wise? Not a ton right now. Still waiting for the players who arrive on campus. Of course, the alive period will happen in July, so the coaching staff will be able to get out and kind of see some recruits on the road. But I think it's maybe a calm before the storm for the basketball program right now. Good stuff. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Uh, Michael, we'll impose on you in the middle of the week uh, coming up. What was the date you said that the big camp, June the 8th? June the 8th, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. So maybe we'll get you on Wednesday after you've seen it with your own two eyes. We'll get you to opine on what you saw, all right? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Good stuff. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports.
as uh, we get into a little crouton mm-hmm. with, uh, with Michael Swain. I wonder if they're opening or uh, getting in any, if they, if they reached up, and they should have uh, at this point, um, opening, getting in some living rooms that maybe Iowa State would not have gotten to, into in the past. Well, you kind of look at the board, if you will, and you go to Cycle and Alert and the vast knowledge that they have, you can see that. You see a lot of times in the past where you'd hear Iowa State's involved with a four-star. It would be an early offer. They mentioned them in a story when they were a sophomore, but really by the time they're getting to this point, right, they've moved on. Iowa State's yeah, not involved. Bigger, yeah, bigger and better, right? Again, this is just surface level. It, it feels like, though, mm-hmm. it is a lot deeper that, yeah, guys are interested. And, you know, we talked to Tom Caker earlier. Iowa State was a fallback maybe before. Right. Yeah. But think of the kids that can be on these visits. They can go have five visits this month, and then they get five more in the fall. So if you got a list of 10 schools, you know, well, of course, I'm going to check out, and not the Alabamas and Ohio State's the world, but that next tier recruit. And they got offers from really good programs. You know, I want to check out this Iowa State place. We've heard it for years. Just get them on campus, right? Mm-hmm. We get them on campus. Oh, it's not all cornfields? <laughs> yeah, there's a real town? Yeah, all those things. That's all it takes a lot of times, coupled with the culture that he has cultivated there at Iowa State. Then you have a chance. I see. I think you see that coming to fruition right now. Indeed. Well, um, best of luck to him. It's a very busy time of year for both Michael Swain and our friend Tom Cakert. Uh, is uh, recruiting is such. Are you surprised? How, I mean, I kind of remember when it blew up. And maybe it was the internet that had a big role in it, right? Oh, absolutely. That uh, it was just another avenue for for really hardcore fans to be able to um, t- to get an idea of what the team was going to look like. It's kind of like mock draft season mm-hmm. for uh, for fans of pro, of pro teams. But boy, oh boy, I mean, people are making a ton of money at this. I used to be deep inside of it, really deep inside. I loved the recruiting angle, and it was also at a time where. It was brothers of people I knew. It was when I was in college, mm-hmm. and, and I first really started to get hardcore into that part of it. Oh, I remember that, kids. Yeah, that's his younger brother. It was kind of things like that, and it morphed into it. I'm not as deep in this point. I don't have my own recruiting board or things right. like that where I really like it, but I always find it interesting, and certainly interesting in our state, where we know the kids that develop here, but at best, that's half your recruiting class in football, at right, best, right. and probably about a third. Yeah. Maybe even a quarter. So you're looking around. And how you get a kid from Chicago excited about Ames or Iowa City, how you get a kid from Kansas City, Texas, Florida, those are the ones that are absolutely baffling for me. Yeah, you're a kid. You want to go down south because you're from Iowa and you're sick of the winters. That makes sense. You're a kid from Florida. You've never seen snow. And you're coming up here. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe the first time it is exciting. Maybe, but that it wears be... off awful quick, I would think. Right? Well, you've already cited on the data line at that point, right? Yeah, yeah they, they got you. Right. Do you remember the bit, the first? So the first name that I can recall of a guy who this was his job. It was basketball, and he was a friend of Bob Dyer's. And we had him on all the time, and I haven't heard of him in decades. Van Coleman. Van Coleman. Guess what? I'm uh, heading out to do an AAU grassroots event in Vegas later this summer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And my color man will be. So you're you're doing you're doing uh, you're calling the games. Yes, and my color guy will be Van Coleman. Really? Yes. What's what? What is he doing? He's now? still doing the same thing. Does he's he? he's scouting. He's uh, has the services. Yeah. But he was he was everybody's oh, yeah. go to guy. He was the name in the. This is an Iowa guy, right? That was across the country known uh-huh. as the basketball yes. recruiting. 
he was a god in those circles. He was a huge get in sports talk radio. When yes. you get Van Coleman, that's big. I'll be working with Van. We'll have to get Van on this. So, summer. so tell me about this event. This is the first I've heard of it. Where, where's it going to be? Uh great question. Don't have those details. Okay. Like where where the basketball is being played. There's so many events. There's one going on this weekend. Beyond Ball, my buddy John mm-hmm. Lamb, who does high school basketball with me and runs the Beyond Ball and Handle University uh, up in Urbandale. This sounds like an Orleans be. event. Could be. Which is a very nice arena. It is. Um, I know they have, was it Gorman, the prep school? Yeah, yeah. They Bishop always have Gorman. a couple of big yeah. big events. So I don't know what gym or gyms this is going to be. but And when will, where will these games be heard or aired? We'll have them on YouTube and okay. on on the Beyond Ball website. So it's a How couple of How long are you teams. going for? Just a couple days. It'll be, I think, Thursday, Friday, Saturday type thing. Yeah. going to be fun. Out to Vegas in the you middle me, you of got Ju- me thinking. At the end of July. So you- we'd be on the air from 8 until 10 out there. Right. You going to come too? Well, I would. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome, Trent. Uh-huh. Uh, and where you don't know where you're staying or nothing like I'll, that? I'll stay at the South Point. Free. Why wouldn't you? you right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris Andrews and yes. the crew out there, the Viston boys. It's really it I, I see your wheels turning over there. Yeah, I love Vegas. I do too. And we've never been together. No. Turn into a vet. Who wants to go with us? We'll go throw some dice. I'm not doing those things anymore. Don't even, <laughs> don't even, uh, no more. Just find a tap of Stella and you're happy. That's yeah. all you need. Oh, man. Middle of July and. <laughs> a lot of pool it, time. It's even too hot for the pool. Because I mean, you have to get there. Oh, yeah. yeah. 116 degrees. I don't care if it's a dry heat. That's unbearable. Bobby Hanson. A lot of days at the Flamingo Pool. It's such a great pool. It is. It's such a great... I love the Flamingo. I love the Flamingo. The sports book, eh, it it wasn't very much. Mm -hmm. They they put some money into it. I'm a big Flamingo. Caesars Palace right across the street. Right in the middle. Yeah, the link is, you know, just a, a, a block or so away now. In fact, I think it's attached. It is. Flamingo. Fun times at the Flamingo. I gotta see if I got any points left. Maybe you're changing At the my Flamingo? Mind. Yeah. Got to have some VIP points well, still built up there. I will say this. If you are if you are going to stay away or stay stay on the strip, in the mid-strip, book now because Vegas is It's back. I talked to Chris last week, Andrews. Yeah. He said, yeah, we're doing oh. well. And once the conventions come back yes. to the extent that they were, oh, it's going to be fun. Roaring 20s. Buckle up, folks. It's upon us. Miller and Condon will be joined by Bobby Hansen when we come back on 1460 KXNO and 106- Local Sports. Some roofing companies come in passing storm. Here today, gone tomorrow. Not Wolf Roofing. Wolf Roofing has been serving Central Iowa since 1993, from basic repairs to complete re-roofing projects. Wolf Roofing has the expertise to get your job done right. We have a team of highly trained and certified people, both in the field and behind the scenes, who care about your project. For a job done right, get the professionals at Wolf Roofing a call at 225-8866 or find us on the web at wolfroofing.net. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. You can see it. Picture it. The building you've always wanted. An expansion of your existing business. A new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? 
Now you can act with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at Graphite GR Heart Media. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Approaching 1130, 15 minutes or so, we'll give you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. Uh, Bobby Hansen joins the program. A lot of ground to cover with Bobby Hansen. As always, Bobby, thank you for taking time out uh, to join Trent and I. How are you? Yeah, everything's good, Kenny. How are you guys? Doing fine. Appreciate you coming on. Let's start with uh, your former teammate, Mark Eaton, uh, his sudden passing from last weekend. Bobby, um, David Kaplan, who I'm sure you know, our buddy in Chicago, he was, uh, they spent time together at Joe West's event, uh, his retirement event on Wednesday night, and Cappy was just glowing how good Mark Eaton looked and how much fun he was having, and boom, two days later, uh, he's gone. When you heard, that had to be a shock through your system as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And, and Cappy, uh, you know, I know he was with him. He was uh, in that in town. They go up to Mima's Cuban Cafe by my son-in-law's and daughter's place, and uh, they were just in there and crazy. But uh, that's how precious life is, Kenny. Yep. Um, here today, you know, you never tomorrow's not guaranteed for anybody. But yeah, I got the news. I was in Chicago golfing, and uh, my daughter called, and they had um, she was she was crying. Mary called crying, and then. Mm. Stockton, Malone, everybody like, is this, is this real, guys? And they're like, yeah, it's just crazy. It's just tragic happening. But great man, um, great basketball, defensive basketball player. I, I was just in the middle of watching a 20-minute video that somebody had sent. They put together some incredible video of, of Mark's kind of his life, starting out as an auto mechanic at, and then entering the NBA wow. at 25 years old. Yeah to play 11 years and still rank as, you know, some of the top shot blockers. But he's a well-rounded man, restaurateur and book. He's an author, went out motivational speaker. He spoke mm-hmm. in Des Moines a few years back. We had dinner at, uh, at Johnny's Italian Steakhouse, and he was speaking to electrical contractors. And it, it, it was titled Seven Foot Four, How to Be a Teammate, <laughs> How to Carve Out Your Spot. And, and uh, that's what Mark was all about. You know, as you kind of reminisce and, and look back, we know you played with Michael Jordan, but... Mark Eaton sounds like a good person. Who were some of the best people that were teammates of yours throughout the years? Yeah, that, that whole Utah Jazz group, mm-hmm. uh, Carl Malone, Stockton, Thurl Bailey, um, uh, who was our other star? I mean, everybody on the team, Frank Layden, you know, just that group. And talked to Thurl earlier this morning, and, man, it's just a flood of memories that come back. And, and uh, But we're all going to get together this weekend. Nice. out tomorrow. Yeah, out to Salt Lake City. It's kind of a private dinner that that they're having for for the big fella on Sunday night, and and get back home here on on Monday. But it'll be really, really good to see everybody, in, including our coach Frank Layden and his wife Barbara, awesome. who are doing well. They're well into their eighties, but uh, make their home in Salt Lake City. I think Daryl Griffith coming back. You got Ricky Green. Not sure about Adrian Dantley, but. It, in reminiscing with Thurl, you look at the success of the Utah Jazz now mm-hmm. or since then, the, the foundation was laid really when they drafted him in 82. Jeez. And uh, they drafted Thurl in 83. We won the Midwest Division in 83, my rookie year. And then it really kind of took off from there and, and had, had great success. And 
could be our NBA champion coming up this year. Yeah, they have a really good chance. You know, it's funny you mentioned yeah. just how close of a group you guys are. I just read a piece, I don't know, Leistakow wrote it a couple of weeks ago, Bobby. Carl Malone was, was singing your praises. I mean, here's one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and he wants to make sure that, yeah, he knows he's doing a Des Moines Register piece, wants to bring you up. But you guys must have been really close. Yeah, yeah, close, and, and uh, kids were close. You know, our, our, our kids are all about the same age. Kay, right. his wife, Miss, former Miss Idaho, and my wife, Barry, they they talk all the time. So that that's a big part of it. How do you how you stay connected afterwards, Kenny, and, and not just those times? And, you know, I was traded from there and mm-hmm. uh, went on to get very, very lucky and, and eventually joined the, the world champs, the Bulls. But, um, you know, those guys, I, I feel like, like I'm a part of their family, and um, – Honored to be to be mentioned. I let Carl know that that meant a lot to me to hear those words. And he is he is Carl Malone. He, he is a, a kid from Louisiana that uh, showed up in a jacked up pickup truck in 1985, and then he had a diesel truck he'd drive around. But Craig Malone story. They have a celebration out there in July 24th, the days of 1847, when the Mormon. When the, when the church, when, when the people, the pioneers came into the valley, and that's called Emigration Day, but they had a parade, and we're on the, we're on the float, the Utah Jazz float, and it was the year Carl was drafted. And he turned and said, I can't believe, this was his birthday. He said, I can't believe they have a parade for me already <laughs> on my birthday. <laughs> like, Carl, this is like a national holiday out here in Utah. Yeah. So, uh, that's Carl Malone. He, he is one of my all-time favorite teammates as well. You know, I saw some uh, video, of course, um, you know, when, once the news hit that, that Mark Eaton had passed. And, you know, the ESPN's, the sports centers uh, of, of the world trying to put to, a tribute piece. It, it just, when you go back and think of those, the, the late 80s and into the early 90s, Boy, the, some of the big men that he went up night after night against, just some of the yeah. who's who of the five spot in basketball. Yeah, I mean, I mean Kareem. Let's right. start with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, the video I was watching, Mark, in his presentation, he talks about uh, his mentor uh, early was Wilt Chamberlain. That um, mm. Wilt would, would watch him practice at UCLA, and he never played, but uh, Big Wilt would, would told him, you need to just stand here under the basket, ultra shots, block shots, throw it down to the guards, let them score, and you just have to run to half court and enjoy the view. So... Uh, that that's kind of what, what what Mark started with, but yeah, Hakeem Olajuwon, yeah, Dan Issel, yeah. uh, with the Nuggets was, was tough. You had Moses Malone. Um, yeah, they had just so many great. That David Robinson, mm-hmm. uh, Artis Samson, so, yeah, Ralph Samson, along with the Twin Towers down there in Houston, and uh, Mark never backed down, and uh, he, that's why we never backed down either because we knew we had the big fella. As I told Thurl, if you ever been in Salt Lake City, and, and he lives there, but they have a mountain range on the east side of Salt Lake. It's called the Wasatch Mountain Range. It's just spectacular, almost like the Tetons in mm. uh, its ruggedness and how, how it towers over the city. And that's what it felt like having Mark Eaton uh, on, on the back end of your defense. <laughs> to the here and now, and basketball today, and as we watch these playoffs, it's so different. It's so different than... Yeah. Even five years ago, it feels like the game has evolved You're just, just so much. Old, it very well could be that. When you watch the NBA today, though, just your takeaway when you're watching these games. Yeah, good question. Yeah, a lot of threes. You know, yeah. they're shooting threes. The athleticism is off the charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody out there that you know, they're just—it's a different breed. We were so much more physical, um, pounding each other, and guys 
come into the lane, you're, you're getting up to the ground or you're getting a, a forearm in your chest. And, and uh, the idea, and, and Fran McCaffrey and I talked about this, the idea back then was to get as close as you could get to the basket to shoot the shot. The threes were okay if, if you know at the time, but really you wanted to get that mid-range game going, get all the way to the basket. And, and that's where, where, where Eaton was so so valuable is to, to, to keep guys Jordan going to the hoop. I'm watching a video. He's blocking Michael right and left as Michael kept trying to attack him. Um, the, the difference, and, and I love the difference, Trent, in, in, the, in the game now because I love these young guys. Devin Booker, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchells, Ja Morant, Trey Young. Those guys are, are, are the future of the NBA, and, and you've you got to keep this brand strong, and, and they're good people. And uh, they're exciting to watch, and and uh, I, you know, however they want to play is, is is okay with me. I'm going to watch it. I'm always going to enjoy it. But I am just blown away at, at how talented these young guys are. Uh, LeBron James played an awful lot of basketball, Bobby. An awful lot of uh, game sevens, going as far as he possibly could. Short summers. It was a 71 day turnaround from the when they won in the bubble to this year. He's going to be 37 in the month of December. I, I'm convinced that the that the 71 days off season took its toll. But at 37, are you starting to see? Well, I guess he's 36 now. But are you starting to see age uh, creep up on LeBron? Yeah, you know, it's undefeated. but Right, um, with the exception you know, of Brady. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's an incredible athlete, human being, man. I mean, the body that God gave him, I mean, it doesn't seem to break down. You know, the trouble was Anthony Davis this year, I think, in, in his body, and then maybe too many tweaks with the, with the role players just never really meshed, it seemed like. But I don't put anything past LeBron. He, to me, he's the second greatest player ever in the history mm-hmm. of the game. Michael being, being the, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. LeBron right behind him. Um, but he doesn't look much different to me, to be honest with you, other than he, he picks and chooses his spots a little bit more. But I don't want to guard him, Kenny. When he's running <laughs> downhill, coming at half court, and <laughs> he's got a full head of steam. That's like, get out of the way of the, the moving train. Yeah, no doubt. I have probably a stupid question for you, Bobby, but I got plenty of those. So watching last night, the Nuggets Blazers, and there was a play towards the end of the game. McCollum was out of bounds with his feet. He he stepped out of bounds. He got it towards the corner. His foot was out of bounds. Watching today's NBA with all these corner threes, how big these guys are, how big their feet are, how do they stay in bounds all the time? Seemingly, you rarely see a guy hit the baseline or the end line out of bounds with those huge feet as they're hitting the corner three. How does footwork work at that level? Yeah, it's very important. And, and I learned right away, you know, you got to spot up for your shots. There's not a whole lot of room out there on the NBA mm-hmm. three-point line. You're exactly right. But, man, Frank Frank did not like the guy stepping back. you got to know where you're at on the court and get your feet set. Craig Hodges could shoot that corner three. Haji wouldn't wouldn't take a step. He just did the Haji hop where he would just <laughs> hop into it with, with two feet. Yeah, and it, it was automatic when, when he'd left fly. But, yeah, you see guys, that you see him in college, and it's like, okay, it, it didn't mean to do it, right? But you just kind of automatically, guys closing out on you, running out there, you kind of take a little step back and, and uh, step out of bounds. But, yeah, yeah, it, it happens. But I'll tell you what, coaches I played for did not tolerate it. It's, it's like you can't step out of bounds. You're wide open here. You got you got open shots. So you learn pretty quick. 
Uh, Bobby, a couple more minutes, we'll let you go. We appreciate your time. Uh, Utah, of course, George Niang. Um, we t- Trent and I talked yep. earlier about Monte Morris. We didn't see this kind of production coming from him. Really glad that it is. A great yep. person, what he did for Flint in the water when he was at Iowa State, and they were going through yep. their crisis. But Boy Niang, he's really carving out a, a, a real nice spot on that roster uh, and is making an impact in the NBA. Yeah, I love it. I love it. George, a good dude. Um, met him. Really, first time I got to sit and talk with him, he was visiting with Andrew Francis. I think Iowa recruited him out of Boston, and he obviously chose Iowa State. But Andrew Francis was his recruiter, and Andrew was sitting in the uh, hotel bar there in Minneapolis. I think Utah was in town, but just sat there and chatted with him real quick and uh, looks like a great dude to, to sit around and have a beer with. And, and uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's one of them role players, Kenny, that, that uh, has stepped up and will need to continue to step up and hit shots. You know, he's, got, he's not a volume shooter, but he can be an efficient shooter with that ability to stretch the floor. And looks like he's got his body trimmed down a little bit. So, yeah, he, he's fun to watch. He, I'm sure he fans uh, grew to love George uh, very quickly out there in Salt Lake City. And, um, yeah, Monte, yeah, what can you say? We knew he was talented. I remember talking with Coach McCaffrey about him, and he's like, uh, him and Tyrese Halliburton, friends, like, oh, no, we've seen these guys since they were, you know, sophomores. That uh, they, These are talented guys, but... To put up the numbers that both of those kids have done uh, in the NBA is incredible, and, and Monte has you know been forced into a more playing no. time now with with the injury to, to Murray, who I thought they'd be dead in the water to be honest with you mm-hmm. when when Murray went down with the ACL, what he did in the bubble last year. But man, I'll tell you what, Monte is is uh, off and running, so we're going to have a, a fun next series. Speaking of the NBA and kind of morphing your two worlds as the Iowa basketball team gets ready for next season, Keegan Murray. I, I, I remember hearing a story from a Clipper scout back in January that he was on the board for them. Keegan Murray, at this point, you know, he hadn't had that breakout performance like he did against Rutgers. He didn't play as well as we saw late in the season, but he kind of checks all the boxes of what the NBA is looking for today. What you're hearing about him and, and the very real possibility, a guy that people thought was a stretch to even get a scholarship, might be two and done at the University of Iowa. Yeah, it's incredible and well-deserved what he did. And I love his temperament on top of that. It doesn't seem to get flustered or, or uh, you know, it doesn't seem to go up and down. He plays at a real even keel. The ability to make three-point shots, I think, was huge. And you're right, he, he was the breakout player of the year for the Hawkeyes. And uh, I, my hope is that Chris Murray, his twin, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like him but left-handed. I mean, you gotta be you got to be similar in talent if you're a twin. I would assume, and France says they are. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you know, losing Luca, yeah, it's time to we turn the page on that. But, man, it, it, I love our young talent on, on this Hawkeye basketball team. And Keegan, he's going to emerge as one of the leaders on this team here in 2021-22. Bobby, unfortunate circumstances that you guys are getting together may be very therapeutic for all of you to uh, spend some time yeah. together. Bobby, listen, thanks for doing this. Uh, enjoy the weekend, if that's the right term. Um, uh, yeah. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you, Bobby Hanson, yeah. as always. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Bobby Hansen uh, joining us as we catch up on, uh, with a really good guy. Yes, he is. Uh, really good Fun guy. to talk basketball. Yep. Yeah, really. Can go a lot of different directions, and we could... A lot of career. We could have another segment here and go a completely different way. Back after this, more Bobby Hansen. <laughs> well, uh, that's not the case, but we will be back after this with Claxon's Barbecue Giveaway. Here's that's the a good 411. One. <laughs> uh, if you haven't played in the last 30 days... If you haven't won or played in the last 30 days, 284-5966. We'll give you four games, a couple of props, and a tiebreaker thrown in. 
Uh, and whoever gets the most right will get a $35 gift certificate from Claxons. The runner-up gets 25 Phone lines open right now. Take the first four callers, 284-5966. Miller and uh, Condon and Claxons next on 1460 KXNO and 106. KXNO. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier. Because they let my friends at Renner's Warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renner's Warehouse guy, he lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renner's Warehouse guy lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renner's Warehouse guy, he sleeps. Sleep soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460, KXNO and 106.3 FM. I'm Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Our final segment of the week. Give four of our listeners, Bob, Colin, Taylor, and John, in that order, an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons in Altoona, 31, 31 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Andy and his team over there have been in business for, oh, about 25 years. Stood the test of time in the restaurant business, to say the very least. Online, you can find them at klaxonbbq.com, klaxonbbq.com. You'll find them physically at 31, 31 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Altoona. All right, Bob is up first. Bob, welcome to the program. Bob, how are you? Afternoon. Do you know how this works? Yeah. Um, yeah. Here we options, and I'll give you a. Absolutely. Here we go. Uh, the Belmont Stakes is this weekend. Will the winning horse wear an odd or even number? I'm going with odd. The L.A. Clippers are a two and a half point favorite tonight over Dallas. Um, Clippers. Colorado is in Las Vegas tonight. They lead the series 2-zip. It's game three. Do you want Las Vegas or Colorado? I'm taking Vegas. Sunday night baseball, Red Sox, Yankees. Who do you want in that one? Got to go with the Yankees. Yankees for you. Okay, Bob, here's the tiebreaker. This is closest without going over. Total points, game one, Brooklyn hosting Milwaukee. Total points, closest without going over in the NBA tomorrow night. 2.30. Bob, have a good weekend. Thank you. All right, thank you. Yep, appreciate it. Colin is up next. Hello, Colin. How are you? Good, good. Good. Odd or even on the Belmont Stakes winner? I'll go even. Uh, Clippers, two and a half at Dallas. 
I'll take Dallas. Do you want Colorado or Las Vegas in Game 3 tonight in Vegas? Uh, Vegas, please. Red Sox-Yankees, Sunday night baseball. Yankees. Tiebreaker, closest without going over. Milwaukee at Brooklyn tomorrow night. 235. Colin, have a good weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Taylor is up next. Hi, Taylor. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, Belmont, odd or even on the winning horse? I will go odd. Cleve- uh, Cleveland. Uh, Clippers give two and a half to the Mavericks. Uh, I will go Clippers. Take uh, Taking the Clippers and giving the points. Uh, Colorado, Las Vegas in game three. It is in Las Vegas. I'll go to Las Vegas. Taking the Golden Knights. Sunday night baseball, Red Sox or Yankees for you? I will take the Red Sox. Tiebreaker, closest without going over, Milwaukee at Brooklyn. Total points. 237. Taylor, have a good weekend. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you listening. And uh, John brings Claxons to a close. Hi, John. Hi. Uh, Belmont Stakes winner, odd or even number? Even. Clippers give two and a half to the Mavericks tonight. Take the Clippers. Colorado at Las Vegas, game three. Give me Colorado. Taking the Avs to go up three zip. Red Sox or Yankees on Sunday night baseball? Red Sox. Tiebreaker closes without going over. Milwaukee at Brooklyn tomorrow night. Total points. I'll do 240. John, you have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you too. Yep, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate Claxons. Uh, give four of our listeners every week. Again, you can only play once a month, and I think we had four newbies there, Trent Condon. We did, That's yeah. good stuff. Always love the new names when they come rolling in, and means people are listening, which is always great. Indeed it is. And thank you to Claxon's Barbecue, com. All right, so you're off to Kansas City. Yes. Did you look ahead at the pitching matchup you will see? I have not at this point. What uh, how, Do you have that in front I of you? I can get it real quick here. Give me one second, and I will have it. Sunday Baseball. It is, you will see Pineda and Brady Singer. Not bad at all. Not bad. I can handle that yep. one. Uh, you will be betting the game you're at, I'm assuming? I will be betting the game uh, for our television show on Mediacom, Inside the Numbers. You, uh, I bet on my twins. Going to the game, though, do I emotionally hedge and just bet the Royals? Uh, you take your squad. Take the team, throw a couple of bucks on it. I'll have to make my bets before I leave, Before you though. cross the border. Oh yeah, no. They. I guess we got a pit stop in Lamoni. Geofencing, TC, <laughs> will not allow you to play once you get outside the boundaries of now, this wonderful state. Now I got to, uh, yeah, I got to prepare a little differently now that I think uh-huh. about that. Because you, so when do you leave? We're still deciding either early Sunday morning or Saturday late afternoon, early evening. So you can fire at Saturday's games, right? Not without a problem. So you can you might you might be at Kaufman Stadium and get the uh, get the shakes. I might have to make a call to my friend Ken Miller and say, "Hey, you didn't help me out here." Uh, Would that be considered interstate commerce? There doing something like that? I think we might be able to get away with. Well, it. probably. Yeah. I'll be your my, uh, my five dollar bet. Yeah, you don't I'll be think your they're proxy. coming after? Yes, I'll be your proxy. Uh, well, enjoy the weekend. Thank uh, you. you have a good time in Kansas City. I'm so going to guess you're going to be an Ankeny all weekend. I will, Trent. Okay. Surprisingly enough, yes. Will you, will you go to Whole Foods and get your orange juice? Uh no, no, probably no. Monday or Tuesday. Okay, yeah. you're stocked up there. You're good. You know what I take home from there? I just love it. The the the, the pizza that they make and the and I, I can freeze it. I mean, it's huge, right? Oh, okay, I get a couple of nights out of it. 
probably three, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you are a weird duck. Yes, I am, and very proud. I of love it. it. Well, it's hockey for me tonight. My Jets are in action against Montreal. So, is it shut down the remote? I mean, are you? Do you flip it all during your team's games? Or are well, you depends just how badly getting beat? <laughs> it's two two. No, I'm in middle of the second, and you're just not touching anything. Right? Do you get on Twitter? Phone shut off. Uh, I don't get on Jets Twitter. Okay. Because that's toxic. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's fun. But I mean, after the game, uh, especially if they win. Um, I don't know. I just, um, yeah, my team's in the playoffs. Playing in June. Playing in June. Never happened before. Won't happen for much longer, <laughs> I don't think. Anyway. Confidence. Uh, have fun. We will see you on Tuesday. We'll hear you on Monday night as you have uh, high school baseball, but you won't be with me on Monday. You know we'll be here in an hour and five minutes? Well, it's Murph and Andy, of course. Then the Fanatics at 3. Uh, Saturday morning pregame comes your way tomorrow morning at 8. Another week of local programming with the Morning Rush Monday at 6. Have a great weekend. We're Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3.